to excuse my voice tonight. Second Samuel chapter 6. Amen. I'm going to be in verse number 12. And uh, just something has been on my heart since youth conference Friday night. Uh, Pastor... Pastor Kevin Wallace spoke a little bit about worship and praise, and uh, I just I, I can't can't get away from from what I believe the Lord is having me to minister on tonight, and it's going to be in the similar vein. But Second Samuel chapter six and verse number twelve. If you have that, could you stand momentarily for the reading of God's word and honor and respect? says in verse number 12, It was told King David, saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obed-Edom, and all that pertaineth unto him because of the ark of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, The presence. The ark of, the, of God, the ark of the covenant, symbolic of the presence of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom in the city of David with gladness. And it was so, when they had bared the ark of the Lord and gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting. Turn to your neighbor and say, shouting shouting, and with the sound of the trumpet. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in his place in the midst of the tabernacle of David, that, that David had pitched for it, and David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. Let us pray. God, we come before you tonight. We thank you for your word and its anointing. And God, we ask that your word go forth in that anointing and penetrate hearts and lives. Let every ear be open to hear, every heart be open to receive. In Jesus' name, and the church says, Amen. Men, you may be seated this evening. Familiar portion of Scripture to most in this house, David dancing before all the congregation of Israel, dancing with all of his might unto the Lord. Very powerful portion of Scripture. I've preached on it many times. Uh, 
in many different ways, as is many ministers. Again, as I said Friday night at youth conference, Pastor Kevin Wallace alluded to this passage of Scripture in the Tabernacle of David. I'm, I'm not going to preach on that tonight, but I do want to preach on the thought of the returning of freedom. The returning of freedom, or the return of freedom. The return of freedom. So, again, we, we know that this is David's second attempt to bring in the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, to bring in the presence of the Lord into Jerusalem, the city of David. The first time, as many of you know, he pretty much just sent for it. Just The Bible says he wanted to fetch it and said, hey, just throw it on a cart. Let's get it here as quick as we can. And in doing so, it cost a man by the name of Uzzah his life. And as he stuck his hand to sturdy the Ark of the Covenant, as it attempted to fail, he touched the Ark, and God, the Bible says that God struck him dead. And we see that this is David's second and successful, finally successful attempt at getting the Ark of the Covenant back into the congregation of Israel, back to where it belonged. It had been abroad for so long and so many years. But we see that he does things the right way. He goes and he gets the priests, he gets the Levites, and, and, and does what is supposed to be done. And they begin to bring it in, and there's rejoicing, there's shouting, there's dancing, there is such joy in the air. But I, I want to just kind of take a moment here, and I may not preach very long, but I'm going to preach what I feel like I need to preach, okay? I may be very short-winded tonight, but that's all right. Because I, I want to take a moment and talk about praise and worship. This is, this is a, a passage of Scripture that is used very frequently dealing with the subject of praise and worship. People talk about how David danced before the Lord, how, how he danced with all of his might, and, and they, they speak uh, about this, this scripture often. But I, I want you to know that I have sensed in my spirit over the last few weeks uh, that the, the children of God, and, and I, I want to speak to this house at the, specifically tonight because this is where I, I'm at and I love you all and I pastor here. But I have felt, uh, and, and I, I know we've talked among the worship team, that there have been times uh, that we have felt such heaviness and such weightiness in the room. And we know that many people, if not all in this house, have situations and have needs and have things going on. Uh, but I want you to know this tonight, and I want you to hear it from your pastor, that I, I sense overwhelmingly in the last two nights, uh, being on the road for work in, in, in my hotel room in Arkansas, the, the the past few nights I have just felt uh, the Lord impress upon me uh, that there has been a fight uh, for the worship of this house. Hear me tonight. And other houses of worship. There has been a fight. There, there, there's con we, 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 listen, I want you to understand this. I, I'm not saying that, that, that we don't go through things. We, we fight different things at all, all different times, and there's a time and a season for everything, and, and we battle certain things. I understand that, and I'm, I'm not here to, to cast blame. That's not what I'm here to do. That's not what I'm trying to do tonight. That's not my objective. That's not my goal. Uh, but I want you to understand, I, I, I feel that there is such a war going 
going on, uh, not just for the worship of, uh, of these young people that we refer to uh, so often, and we thank God for them, uh, but there is a warring for the worship uh, of the adults of this house. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it looks like. The Lord didn't divulge any, any details or point anyone out. Don't, go, don't get scared. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're all right. He, he, he ain't going to pick on you tonight. But what I'm saying is, is there is something in the spirit realm that is just began that, that over the last 48 hours had just began to, just to eat on me. And the Lord just began to say that, listen, there is an attack on the freedom of worship, not only in this house, but in houses of worship uh, across this nation. Uh, we were in an atmosphere on Friday night and, and on Saturday uh, on Saturday morning. Uh, and I thank God uh, for what he did during youth conference. Uh, and I thank God that these young people uh, got to see other young people uh, with their hands lifted, uh, their mouths open, uh, worshiping God. Uh, on, on, on Friday night, uh, I began to see young people begin to run in the spirit. I begin to see young people begin to worship and shout under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And I begin to just sit back there and begin to just, just soak it all in and thank God that this was happening because there has been such an attack on the freedom, not only of a generation, but on worship, period. And here is why. I'm not preaching anything new. I'm not telling you anything you probably don't know but I just have to teach what God has given me to teach is what I want you to understand is that the, the enemy is strategic in his warfare and if he can hinder your worship he can hinder you from getting into the presence of God and if you are not in the presence of God then you're not being in, you're not being impacted you're not being changed the old man is not falling off what what is happening is the enemy tries to prevent you from entering into worship why why is it so important that he hinders that worship why is it so important that he keeps you out of the presence of God because if he keeps you out of the presence of God he keeps you bound to your flesh and bound to the mindset of this world but I want you to hear me tonight the Bible tells us in this passage of scripture that David and the people began to bring in the ark of God with shouting and what that word shout in the original language means, I could say it, but I'd butcher the pronunciation of it. But what it, one of the meanings for it is a battle cry. Is a battle cry. You say, what, what, what does that have to do with anything? What that has to do is that tells me when it comes to the presence of God, Sister Kelly, they were militant about their worship. Understand me tonight. Your worship isn't just so, so, so you can just throw words into the atmosphere. No, your worship is declaring things in the atmosphere. It's declaring things over your children. It's declaring things over this house of worship. It's declaring things over your pastor. It's declaring things over the worship team. What you don't realize is we're not just throwing aimless words into the atmosphere. What you under, need to understand 
understand is that every day you open up your mouth and begin to worship is a day that you're going to war and you're saying devil you can't have my joy you can't have my peace you can't have my prayer life and you cannot have my worship the Bible tells us as Jesus was tempted in the desert in Matthew chapter 4 he was tempted with food the first time he was, he was tempted to tempt God the second time but the third time is when the devil tells him what he really wants I want you to bow down and worship me because here's the fact of your life you are worshiping something And if you're not worshiping God, your life is worshiping something. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 that whether we eat or drink, no matter what we do, we should glorify and do it for the glory of our Father. Understand this. You say, I'm saying worship is everything. Everything we do, how you respond to your children is worship. Listen, I, I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. How I respond to bad situations is worship. How I respond to people that I work with is worship. How, how I live my life is worship. How I come into church, my mindset on a, on a Sunday morning has got to be focused on worship. Why? Because when worship is present, not only is the the, the, the presence of God ushered in but where the spirit of the Lord is the Bible tells us there is liberty and I will tell you what we need more than anything in the church in this day and this hour is we need more liberty we need more boldness we need more Holy Ghost anointing than ever before I'm not afraid when all these visitors come in here on Sunday morning I'm not afraid that they think I'm crazy because here's the fact they're in those pews because they want to see something different they want to see worship the way it's truly supposed to be you see what are you saying everybody should shout listen it was a dance for David it was a shout for the children of Israel at the walls of Jericho but it was as simple as a hymn for Paul and Silas in a Roman jail it doesn't matter what it looks like it still brings freedom it still brings freedom but the enemy comes and he comes and he attacks but here, here, here's what I want you to notice is so often we get in a mindset that we have to wait for the moment oh, oh God's in this song I'll worship it's not biblical that is not biblical worship Say, what are you talking about? Worship is not about you waiting on God. Worship's about God waiting on you. You say, what are you saying? The Bible says that He inhabits the praises of His people. That means praises go up. Then he inhabits. The Bible tells us that Jesus said this through James. He says, draw nigh unto me, then I will draw nigh unto you. You see, worship is not our response to the presence of God, but the presence of God responds to our worship. You say, what, what are you saying? That we're God? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is God is not going to violate our will. 
But God wants our will to combine with his. And when we begin to worship and when we begin to praise, you see what happens in this portion of scripture. You say, what are you talking about? The Bible tells us that the Levites came and got it. They come and got, they put the poles through. They were carrying it in. But the Bible says this in verse number 15, that they brought the children of Israel. I always thought, well, it was the priest. They just brought it in. That's not totally inaccurate. But what the Lord began to reveal to me, Brother Dan, is what brought them in in verse 15. It says this, So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark with shouting. They brought it up with their worship. It wasn't just manpower. Because often what we do is we come into a worship setting and we want the worship team to worship for us. It's not by manpower. Hear me, manpower can't bring the ark, can't bring the presence of God in. What brought it in was shouting. So, oh, here he goes. He's saying everybody needs to shout. Listen, I'm not saying everybody needs to shout, but I will tell you this. I wish, I pray that your children could see you so free that you're dancing, that you're rejoicing, that you're, you're speaking in an unknown tongue. I want our children to see a free church. I don't want them to live off stories. I want them to live off encounters. We see what begins to happen. They go down and they get the ark. And Sarah, the praise begins to start. Justin, the praise begins to start. I don't know what they were saying. Maybe it was, oh Lord, you're good and your mercy endureth forever. Oh God, you're great and greatly to be praised. I don't know what it was, but here's what I do know. I know the side effects of what happened is there became such an atmosphere that David began to get free and David began to get a little loose. And the Bible says he began to lay things off of him. He began to take some kingly garments off because it didn't matter who was in charge. It didn't matter who the king was. Listen, I know on Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, it don't matter. People may think I look the fool. It doesn't matter if I'm a pastor. It doesn't matter if I'm down on the floor. It doesn't matter if I'm in the the foyer. What matters is when I begin to praise and worship Jesus, there's a little bit of freedom that comes into my life. And I don't know about you, but I need as much freedom as I can get. I need as much worship. I need as much of his presence. I need as much of his power. I need as much of his anointing that I can get. And what began to happen is David began to lay some things off. I'll tell you, if you'll enter into worship, you'll find that things will come off of your life. Depression and fear will come off your life. Stress and anxiety will come off your life. And you'll find your life being filled with freedom, being filled with the Holy Spirit, being filled with joy, being filled with peace. Hear me tonight. I know it's an easy message, but it's something we've got to get a hold of. We have to return to a place of freedom. And we will not return to a place of freedom until we enter into a place of worship. They'll come to the music tonight.
David begins to lay things down. There's a freedom. And he begins to dance. And the people begin to shout. But hear me. Up in the window was David's wife. She said, you, I mean, I'll just translate it for you. You looked like an idiot. You made a fool of yourself. Do you not know who you are? You're a king. You shouldn't act that way. Here's what the Bible says. For the rest of her life, she was barren. What does that have to do with anything? Don't get mad at or criticize someone else's freedom. Hear me. Because some people wonder, well, I don't feel anything in worship. Why are they shouting? I ain't feeling anything in worship. Why are they shouting? It's because you're worried about how they're shouting. Well, why, does, why do they act that way? Ain't none of your concern. Trust the pastors of your house. Because here's the fact. As I believe this, there are people sitting in houses of worship that are spiritually barren because they're so worried about everybody else. The reason David danced like he did is because he didn't care about anybody else. Listen, I, I, I'm not perfect, but I can act crazy and hoot and holler because honestly, I, I really, honestly, I love you, but I don't care what you think about me. I don't. I don't. I love you all. This, my church family means the world to me. But I, on Sunday mornings, I'm not, I'm not an entertainer. This worship team's not an entertainment team. Listen, I think we, we, we strive. We want it to sound good. We want, we want to make sure we're all where we need to be. We want to make sure we're singing the right lyric. We, yeah. That's all well and good. But I tell you this morning, or Sunday morning, when they began to sing, I speak victory. I just began to pray, God, we've got to, we've got to pray through. How many vi visitors every Sunday morning? I thank God for it. But you want to know something? I'm not ashamed to be who I am because they're in the house. And listen, I'm not saying it'll be a shout now. I told you. For David, it was a dance. For Joshua and the children of Israel, it was a shout. For Paul and Silas, it was prayer and hymns. But all three had the same result. Joshua, the walls fell down. 
David's dance ushered in the presence of God into its rightful place. And Paul and Silas, chains fell off and prison doors came open. Paul and Silas were bruised, broken, and bloody. And they praised. David was a king. Listen, I, I, I'll tell you this. We, there's, there's this mentality in, the, in, in Pentecost that's coming over Pentecost. I'm not saying it's here, but I, I've, I've seen it. I've had the privilege to travel a little bit, and I've seen it. There is a, this, this, this I, don't, I don't even know what it is, but it's this. We don't shout like that anymore. That's what our grandparents did. It's not what we do. I mean, pastors had conversations about churches saying, listen, if you want to speak in an unknown tongue, there's a room for that. David was a king and he didn't care. That tells me I'm not too, I'll never get too prestigious to throw my jacket off say come on Jesus but Joshua and the children of Israel were facing barriers and strongholds but they still shouted so you say what are you, what are you trying to say I'm saying it doesn't matter what you're going through if you will praise and worship regardless the result is the same. The Spirit of the Lord comes in. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Strongholds fall. The power of God begins to move. And chains are broken. So hear me today. My Bible doesn't say someone got up and exhorted and got David all pumped up. It's not what my Bible says. But what my Bible does say is they began to shout. They began to dance. Listen, on the day of Pentecost, if, if you're worried about how it looks, they thought they were drunk on the day of Pentecost. I remember my dad telling me a story. He would come in on some Mondays and he would just be exhausted, just wore out, go Mondays into school. He said there was a time that people, uh, some, some friends of his or whatever said, did you go out and get hammered? He said, I did, but not on what you think. He said, we were at church till 2 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday night. And there was people slain out all over in the Spirit and running and jumping and leaping. Excited about the things of God. He said, they would just look at him. What is wrong with you? And he said, but it didn't matter. 
Oh, it doesn't matter. What matters is Jesus. What matters is His presence. Because whether you want, whether you want to hear it or not, uh, I, 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 the, the visitors that are coming into this house, I can't fix their broken lives. But if we can usher them into the presence of God, and let the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit. Because the last time I checked, I'm not the Holy Ghost. Oh, but I know how to get a hold of Him. And the best thing I can do for those visitors, the best thing I can do for your children, is to put them in a place where the Spirit of God is. Because if they have an encounter with the Holy Ghost... Not only will it change their life, it will keep them for the rest of their life. Stand with me tonight. We have to have a returning of freedom. Many of you know, I've alluded to it before. Excuse me. I talk to myself. I talk to myself when I'm praying. I say things to myself to get myself in gear. I do. I've told you about praying and I've said, God, I thank God that you're not just a feeling. That where I am, you are also because I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. I say those things because it reminds me of who he is. But Justin, I say all that to say this. There are times on this platform, I'll be honest with you, there's times on this platform, I'm not feeling it. But it's not about a feeling. And you know what I have to tell myself? I pull the mic away and I'll tell myself, get free. Worship team probably thinks I'm talking to them, but I'm talking to myself. Jay, get free. Because I don't know everyone that comes into this house on a Sunday morning and a Sunday night and a Wednesday night. I may not know everybody. And here's what I do know is I know that we cannot have one, we cannot afford to have one service without a demonstration and an encounter with the Holy Spirit. David danced. The people shouted. Yes, there were critics, but David looked at her as his own wife. He said, I didn't do it for you. I did it for the Lord. Whatever it is, on a Sunday morning, a Sunday night, a Wednesday evening, that tries to distract or hinder you. You've got to have the wherewithal to just begin to pray, begin to intercede, begin to worship, and begin to just say, God, your freedom, your freedom, your Holy Spirit, your, your presence, your power. Church, we've got to dig in. Because I don't know if you know this or not, but hell is having its way in our world. And the last thing we need is to raise up a generation of Christians that don't know how to get into the presence. 
Our children need to know how to get a hold of God. Like I said, it may be a shout. It may be a solemn prayer. But they better know how to dig in. When it's hard, when it's difficult. And listen, there are times that it don't make sense to worship because you feel like hell's just breaking loose in your life. There's no better time to lift up the name of Jesus than in the middle of a storm. There may be doctor's reports that you don't want to hear. News that isn't good. I'll tell you from experience, there's no better time to lift up the name of Jesus. My mother used to sing a song and I'm done. I ain't going to sing it for you. I'm going to talk it to you. We talked... Sung it a little bit on Sunday morning, just messing around before service. She used to sing this song. says, whose report will you believe? And the worship team would say, we shall believe the report of the Lord. She would say it again. Whose report will you believe? They would say, we shall believe the report of the Lord. Because his report says, I am healed. His report says, I am filled. His report says, I am free. His report says, victory. So hear me tonight. I'm going to call us to a time of prayer. But what I'm trying to tell you is every every time you walk into those doors, you have a choice of whose report you're going to believe. And if you choose whose report you're going to believe, if you choose God's report, that's going to determine how you worship. And when you wake up in your daily life, you should worship every day. Just how you live your life. But you should find time. Rather, many of you, it's in the car. Find time to worship. Find time to worship. Because if you find time to worship, that tells me you're finding time to lay things off of you. Clear your mind. Get right. Get alone with the Lord. Let freedom return to your life. Grab the hand of the person next to you. We're going into a time of prayer. God, we come before you tonight. Jesus, we thank you. For your word and that your word says where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And God, I ask that it doesn't matter where anyone in this congregation under the sound of my voice goes tonight. Lord, let there be freedom because they find themselves in a place of continual worship. Whether it be at their job, let them be in a place of worship, thus being in a place of freedom. Lord, whether it be at home around their children, God, let their children see the joy of the Lord through their worship. Oh, God, I come before you right now and I rebuke every hindrance that may come against this church and its worship. I come against anything that would try 
to hinder the moving of the presence of God. Lord Jesus, let us be a people of anointing and power. Let us be people of boldness. Let us be people of the shout. Let us be people of, of the hymn. Let us be people of the dance. Lord Jesus, let us come into this house with expectancy, with a praise on our lips. Oh, Lord God, we praise you and we worship you even now for what you're going to do. Lord, I know that there's situations out there, but God, as we begin to worship, you're turning situations around. You're changing doctors' reports. You're healing broken hearts and broken lives. And Lord... Let us pursue you with everything that we have within us. And we honor you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And the church says, amen. Lord, everybody, amen. Pastor Ron coming to you again. Thank you for joining us today. I pray that the word was a blessing to you. And today, before we say goodbye, I just want to encourage you. If you have not yet put your faith and trust in the Lord, that this would be a time that you would do so. I'd also say to you, if you're going through a very difficult or trying season, know this, God is faithful. He loves you, we love you. And we just say to you today that He is still able to do exceedingly abundantly what we could ever ask or think. So I speak blessings over you and your family. Thank you for joining us today.